0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer.
1: And I'm Jake Sherman.
0: And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchable News. It's Thursday, May 19th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest drama in the New York redistricting. Number two, big news on the USICA timeline. And number three, what happened in the Capitol after dark? All right, Jake, let's get into it. We have been covering the blow-by-blow of this drama in the House with the New York State redistricting maps. And uh, the drama did not die down. If anything, it feels like it turned up a notch uh, over the last 24 hours.
1: Yeah, that's right. Just for for background here, um, Sean Patrick Maloney has decided to run against – Congressman Mondaire Jones. Well, in Mondaire Jones's district, let's be completely clear here. Um, Mondaire Jones represents seventy-five percent of the district that Sean Patrick Maloney is going to run in. Um, the uh, this is unheard of. I mean, I mean, especially for a DCCC chairman, I mean, it's very strange. Um, and I tweeted yesterday, some of Maloney world's uh, uh, theory of the case, which is that Mondaire Jones would be better ideologically suited to, to um, run in another district. And, um, uh, he said that was thinly veiled racism, not on my behalf, on obviously, on uh, Maloney's behalf. Um, Maloney received backup to, by Speaker Nancy Pelosi in an interview with me and um, uh, another top Democrat. So he's safe as DCCC chair uh, at the moment. But his decision here to run in this district, 75 percent of which is represented by somebody else, could force um Mondaire Jones and Jamal, Jamal Bowman, two up-and-coming, in that they are, you know, newly elected lawmakers, up-and-coming uh, black Democrats uh, into one race in New York's 16th district. Um, uh, this is just, so it's interesting. Yeah, you know, Richie Torres was on the the House floor yesterday after that thinly veiled racism um, uh, comment, and he he said, and he was told to ratchet the situation down a little bit and uh, keep the debate within the family immediately afterwards. Uh, he did just the opposite. He came out and talked to Christian Hall and said, "My tweet speaks for itself. I was crystal clear about where I stand." <laughs> I mean, so when he you think a, about it,
0: though, that's like telling, like, I mean, it's I, you know, calm down. It's like patting a kid on the back who's say, you know and saying, "Don't do anything." I mean, they're not gonna. How else would did they expect him to respond to just completely rescind his frustration publicly?
1: Yeah, and the and the and the and and someone made the point to me. Uh, and I think this there's a lot of truth to this. Like telling the CBC, the most influential caucus, probably in Congress, maybe in congressional <laughs> history, <laughs> to calm down is does not does not make a lot of sense. They, especially when you are forcing two of their young rising stars to uh, get into one district and run against each other. I mean Jamal Bowman and um, uh, and uh, uh, Mondaire Jones are 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 two lawmakers in the CBC who have just a ton of respect in the in the caucus, and and frankly represent this new young wave. I mean the CBC. This is a side note, but the CBC is aging, right? I mean the CBC has a lot of lawmakers who are who are up there in years and and have long kind of had frustrations that they've not that you know the whole Democratic Caucus has had frustrations that it's too old, and now you have Jamal Bowman and Mondaire Jones who are kind of seen as two. Of the many members of the future of the caucus, uh, both the CBC and the Democratic caucus, who are being forced into a race because Sean Patrick Maloney, you know, doesn't want to get out of a district that he doesn't represent 75 percent of. So um uh, it's it's a it, – what a crazy situation this is.
0: Yeah, what's, what's so –
1: I don't know. I mean, you you
0: laid it out pretty clearly. I, and the thing is, it's hard to see how it resolves itself anytime soon. This frustration isn't going to ebb. Uh, Maloney, obviously as you said, Pelosi is backing him to remain as D triple C chair, uh which is just going to continue to rub a lot of people the wrong way as he makes these moves, but I mean, the race we aren't talking about that I also think if, if if you took away this drama, the race that everybody would be talking about is the fact that you also have Jerry Nadler and Carolyn Maloney teeing up to run against each other here. Um, you know, veteran Democrats, good friends, have known each other for thirty years. And I mean, that this is also gonna be a member on member, brutal race here. Um and, and they are you know, while everyone can say, and, and all the Democrats have said, the map is frustrating, it's awful. Um, you've had Hakeem Jeffries, likely the next leader, do an ad even to that effect. Um, there, this is going to be another really difficult thing for the New York delegation to go through.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it is. Um, uh, these are two people who have known each other for a half a century, two full committee chairs. I mean, we talked to Steny Hoyer about this the other day and said to him, could you remember an analogous situation in which two full committee chairs are running against each other? People have been friends for 50 years. He said no. And part of the argument, and we made this point in the PM edition yesterday, part of the argument that Democrats are making um, uh State Democrats, lawyers for state New York State Assembly Speaker Carl Heastie is that the, the special master who was appointed by the, by the Court of Appeals in New York, one, one thing he did not take into account is where lawmakers live. Uh, and, and that's that's in and that's a bad thing, according to Democrats. And and quite, quite honestly, traditionally, Anna, and I, th- I think we see this across the board. Yes, people get drawn out of seats all the time or, draw, you know, th- that's not rare. There are eight House Democrats from New York who have been drawn out of their seat.
0: eight yeah, It feels a little bit more purposeful, <laughs> but maybe, you know, the, I mean, yeah it,
1: and, and, and by the way, Democrats make the point. Hakeem Jeffries makes the point that I don't remember how many, but four or five majority, minority districts, they have been degraded in his word, in his words, meaning, you know, Grace Meng has been drawn out of an AAPI district. Um, uh, Bedford Stuyvesant, which as Hakeem Jeffries notes is the, the uh, ancestral home or the home really of, of Jay-Z where he grew up. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. That's that's what Hakeem Jeffrey said. And he said it's where Jackie Robinson lived when he was in the Brooklyn Dodgers. I mean, he says this is a he's making the point in a in a in a funny way, not in a funny way, in a serious way, I guess, that this is the kind of the heart of black Brooklyn. And it's been smashed by a, you know, he said it's been smashed into pieces, meaning they're not keeping communities together and and that's in his view problematic, and I think that's not an unusual argument to make. Is that there? Is that this is kind of? I mean, listen, you and I both kind of agree that that um, congressional redistricting is one of the most broken things in American politics today. <laughs> yeah, I think that's obvious. But one of the things that that redistricting committees and and legislatures have tried to do is to keep communities together, so you don't have. A community like Bed Stuy, or you know, in in um in ten different congressional districts, or in three different congressional districts, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, it, interestingly enough, I was reading some of the court filings last night to the special master, who again was appointed to draw these districts, and uh, one of the Jewish organizations in New York, um, wrote a letter talking about the differences between Upper East Side Jewish communities and Upper West Side Jewish communities and why they shouldn't be in one district or how why they should be redistricted in a way they should be redistricted. So it's just, there is a lot of... People want communities together. Hakeem Jeffries is very, and rightfully so, very worked up about this. We'll have to see because tomorrow the maps become finalized. And then there's some real decisions to make. I mean, Mondaire Jones says he'll decide tomorrow. He'll announce his decision tomorrow. A lot of people have decisions to make beginning tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and I think the 30,000-foot zoom out, which you bring up, which is really the brokenness of redistricting, right? And this puts into focus that there's a lot of frustration of when it's party politics and clearly the maps that partisans draw maybe take into these things but maybe don't take into other uh, consideration. And now you have a different approach and still probably as much if not more frustration Um, you know, that's that's coming out of this process. So I think the question kind of at a larger situation is, as we've acknowledged here, we talk about it all the time, that the redistricting process is, is one of the most broken things I think in modern american politics and um for a variety of reasons the impact of it is, is has been long is, is very long and wide um but that the, there isn't a perfect system right now um and we'll have to see if you know if what what happens you know is there a different way that could work better but i um, gonna be very interesting to see if there's any court challenges and and where the where the dust settles as of you know close the business tomorrow for sure all right, Jake, let's get to the number two item of the morning. We have um, some big news in this morning's Punchbowl News AM. We got our handlines on the USICA timeline. We've been covering every twist and turn of this big bill that everybody on the Hill and everybody downtown is focused on. And wow, is the timeline between the leadership in the House and Senate that's been agreed upon aggressive.
1: Yeah. uh, One Democratic aide said yesterday, yesterday, there is a street on which a lot of people are going to be interested in this document. And I said, yeah, K Street. Um, The um, uh, okay, so the the uh, you seek a timeline is aggressive. The leadership wants all items closed out and completed by May 25th. That's next week. That's your birthday, Anna. That's, uh, the leadership's goal is to hold four corner leadership meetings with chairs and ranking members, June 13th through 16th and have the conference report finalized by June 21st. This is incredibly aggressive. We also have a 20 page PDF Anna, um, that details the crosswalk. So all of the legislative issues, what needs to be completed, frankly, what needs to be done. And, and, um, uh, you know, uh, what needs to be closed out um uh immediately and and it includes hundreds of issues and and it's very fascinating also at the same time richie neal hosted a meeting with uh senate finance committee chair ron wyden banking chair sherrod brown and mark warner in his office off the house floor last night very interesting a lot of action on yusika
0: absolutely we'll be watching and covering every uh every every minute of that debate for sure Um, Let's move on to the number three item of the morning. While you were sleeping, what happened in the Capitol after dark? Um, A couple of interesting things just to note. Uh, The Senate confirmed Bridget Brink to serve as U.S. ambassador to Ukraine Wednesday night via a voice vote. Uh, The U.S. has not had a Senate-confirmed ambassador uh, in three years um, in Ukraine. So very, uh, you know, a big move there. Uh, The Senate is also poised to approve a huge $40 billion military in humanitarian aid package for ukraine today it's going to pass with a big bipartisan vote although there will be some gop opposition what else happened
1: uh th- those are the uh the the two massive things that that were uh that happened last night also in addition house finally passed the domestic terrorism bill um the senate's going to take up the bill next week uh, creates new units in DHS, DOJ, and the FBI to deal with domestic terrorism. Um, only one Republican, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, voted for the legislation. Let us talk quickly, Anna, about this. Yesterday, we did an item about the top non-leadership givers to the Ways to the NRCC. Uh, Vern Buchanan, who wants very badly to be the next top Republican on Ways and Means, was in eighth place, uh, well behind Darren LaHood, who's aiming to be NRCC chairman. But uh, suddenly, after we ran that item— Buchanan has vaulted to number one. Uh, He's now given 1.8 million this cycle to the NRCC. Um, uh, What a difference a day makes.
0: There you go. Also, I just want to note for everybody, we have another June event that we are announcing We are going to be interviewing Representative Jim McGovern, the Democrat from Massachusetts, on Thursday, June 9th, around 5 p.m., about broadening food access through policy. Um, This is going to be a a fun one. We're going to do cocktails and conversation. uh, So drinks and light bites afterwards at uh, these stable, uh, longtime restaurant of capital, Hawk and Dove. So that should be really fun. You can go to our events hub to check out all the details and RSVP for that. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.